2: I'm in love with Welcome back to Open the VoiceGate for February 23rd, 2021. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling feed or on our own dedicated RS feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you would like to donate to the show, just click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing page. Just click the red box that says, support this podcast, and you can set up a one-time a reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever but i would like to thank all of our previous donors it's one of your hosts it's your old pal iron Spirits. Joined joins always by my co-host and friend case low in case we had 15 days of layoffs but dragon gate is finally back on the road to champion gate we're we're still like pretty cold here but we're starting to warm up a little bit you know i mean we're still really in the cold season but we're starting to kind of get into some stuff that has some tooth to it how are you doing today
0: I'm doing all right, Mike. I'm doing all right. It feels good to have some first-run content again. Because I I was either telling you off-air or I said it on the show last week that I felt like I was forgetting to do something all of last week because there wasn't really anything to watch or review. And this week, we had two shows from Kyoto. Uh, We'll talk later on this episode about the T2P show from January 2002 that was uploaded to Dragon Gate Network And this upcoming Friday, February 26th, we have a show from Kobe. And then once we hit March, the first full week of March, or I guess that is just the first week of March because March begins on uh, the 1st, which is a Monday. It is a Wednesday, (laughs) or I'm sorry, a Thursday Cork and Hall show, and then a Saturday Champion Gate show, and then a Sunday Champion Gate show. So that is a loaded week. And this was really the ascent into the build of champion gate. I think we saw the big matches. The foundation was laid at Cork and hall earlier this month, but now it's like, okay, like we're about to have our first big shows of the year and it feels good. I'm into most of the programs right now. And I think coming out of that Cork and hall show on the fourth, I'll have a much better understanding of what exactly is happening with the units. Cause I still really have no feel, but you know, I'm excited. I I'm looking forward to the next month of dragon gate
2: yeah with we, next week or really is when things we going to start picking straight back up as you mentioned and then it's kind of like a show a week you know that's going to be kind of nice we'll have a a show the next like televised show after champion gate will be in kbs hall on the 13th and then the 19th they'll be back in sambo hall and then wakiyama at the end of the month so i mean like it, it's going to be like a nice kind of leisurely uh thing that after like a february and january where there was like shows and then nothing shows the nothing. We're exiting the slow part of the year. Dragon Gate always has a very quiet January and February. This year they decided to have more uh contendership tournaments, whereas last year's and years previous, they'll just like do you remember the year that they did like the random like trios tournament that it was the berserk teams ended up winning just because they had to have stuff to do on these cards? Like like we're used to these being kind of slow, but it does feel like that this year they took these tournaments and used it to build toward Champion Gate.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I think the booking in January and February is the same every year, and it's a matter of whether or not something peaks super highly or not. And we got that great Twin Gate match at the January Cork and Hall Show, the first one, I believe, because I know they they ran two. I don't remember which night that was on. But yeah, it's strange. These tournaments were productive in the sense that I know what we got out of them, but I'm definitely good with not seeing a bracket or not seeing any group blocks until May and King of Gate now. like I'm a little burnt out on this concept, but again, at least it was building towards something and it wasn't just a random, let's put the heels over tournament, but the heels did go over quite a bit in Kyoto and they are going to be in main positions, uh, R.E.D. in all four title matches, Champion Gate weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably a good way to get into the Kyoto shows. So they had two shows. One of them was on the 21st, one of them was on the 23rd. Attendance was basically the same across both of them, 2.20 for the first night and then 2.25 for the second night. Uh, Just overall, like, this was just another tournament weekend. That's how it kind of felt like to me. Did you have any other big takeaways other than that?
0: No, I didn't think anything was great. I think the stuff that looks good to you on paper is going to be the stuff that delivers, and there's there's nothing wrong with that, but nothing really jumped out at me and caught me by surprise. The R.E.D. versus Masquerade stuff continues to be the most entertaining things on the card, and Natural Vibes 2.0 has been a lot of fun. I, I like them. I am looking forward to getting Takedo Kamai back at some point, although... I have an injury update for you, Mike, which I don't know if you want that now or later on in the show. But Let's I... do
2: it. Let's do it. You you brought it up. You teased me a bit earlier today, and my mind was racing. What is the injury update in Dragon Gate?
0: Well, I reached out to some insider sources, Mike Spears, and I asked about the status update on Kamei and on Sora Fujikawa. If you're sitting at home wondering why didn't I also ask about Naruki Doi, it's because I forgot he was hurt when I sent the email But as for Kamei and Fujikawa, I was told, and I quote, Kamei just started to be able to do light upper body movements. Fujikawa is doing weight training, but not in ring. Both probably still need a long time, end quote, which is a bummer because I think Natural Vibes feels like a fun, complete unit. I think the rebranding and the new members have really worked, and I think Kamei would crush it in this role if he was healthy and given the opportunity.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a good way to talk about the opener because we had all eight of Natural Vibes going up against R.E.D. It was KZ, Susumi Yokosuka, Kinki Horiguchi, and U.T. versus Ata, B.B., Hulk, Kai, and Kazuma Sakamoto. And it was Kazuma Sakamoto getting the win with his knee strike in 11 minutes and 7 seconds. And my big takeaway from this match was how much fun U.T. is with these guys. Like... Someone was born to be in Natural Lives. He must have been, like, looking over his shoulder when he was in Tribe Vanguard and seeing all the guys dancing, thinking, man, I would rather be dancing right now. Because he fits in just like you would think that he would have been a member of the ritual iteration here.
0: It's tailor-made for him. It's everything that he does well combined into one unit. I mean, the only other thing that I think he would do as well in as if he was teaming with Super Shisa, and that's not going to happen until Mike and I get the pencil. So this is the perfect role for him. I think he looks comfortable. I think he looks great. His in-ring is so strong, and especially he's only going to get better the more time he spends with a Susumi Yokosuka or a Genki Horiguchi on the road. I think it's a tremendous position for him, and I don't know necessarily why he has chosen violence when he wakes up every day he is actively antagonizing shuji kondo and he is actively antagonizing Kazuma sakamoto every time he gets in the ring with them i don't understand it but i love it because sakamoto it's one of the best knees he's ever hit, And those gifts have started to go around of just the great uh, knees that Sakamoto has hit recently in Drangate. This one on UT is as good as any one that he's hit. It looked like he blew his head off with a shotgun. Just a really,
2: really fun opener. Hey, I got to say, as a fellow short king, <laughs> you, you have to make a decision when you wake up each morning, KS. As someone who is taller, you don't have the, uh, you don't have this burn where you can decide to choose violence or you can decide to be chill. I've decided to be chill. However, UT has decided violence. And you know what? I'm all for it. Because, yeah, Sakamoto is one of the best bigger guys in this promotion when working with the smaller guys because he is willing to make them look good and then just drill them. And it's awesome. And, like, my other big, like, takeaway about this was, like, this was just – a lot of fun you had Kai just being a tremendous dickhead which is you know that's how I like Kai I like him just being just a jerk and I was kind of surprised how much Ada was kind of taking the heat in this match like he was the person that when Natural Vibes was on offense it wasn't really against anyone else in the unit it was against Ada which was kind of remarkable
0: I am really ready to see Cosmo Sakamoto in a big time Dragon Gate singles match. Since he came into the company in 2018, he's had 12 singles matches with four of those being in King of Gate 2019, an untelevised match against Kaito Ishida in 2019. That sounds like it was a bunch of fun. And then, you know, he's he's been an undercard guy. He wrestled Jason Lee. He wrestled Dragon Daya when Daya was beginning his me- mega push. Kagatora punched Tamanaga and then the King of Gate stuff last year against Mochizuki and then Daya... And then finally, a singles match last November in uh, KBS Hall against Yosuke Santa Maria. So with the exception of the King of Gate stuff from now two years ago, and I think Sakamoto was good then, but has improved mm-hmm. drastically since, the only other really high-profile singles match we've seen him in is the motozuki match, which was the empty arena King of Gate from this past year. I think he is a credible Dreamgate challenger. I think he's someone that if, say, Skywalker faces him in the upcoming months, whether that be at, uh, you know, Wakayama at, was that Memorial Gate or Dead or Alive Mm -hmm. in May, I think that would do a lot of good for Skywalker, assuming he's still the champion. That is a tough heel challenger for him to get past. And I also just think Sakamoto is qualified, ready, willing, and able to do that job. He is really, really impressive right now.
2: Yeah, and I remember from that 2019 King Gate where he had this match against KZ that was at, I try to think, was it Sambo Hall? I want to say it was Sambo Hall. It was the June Korokan. Oh, where, do, okay, did he face Yoshioka at Sambo Hall then?
0: Uh, not in a singles match that I'm saying, but I can do some intel.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember what this is because I have a distinct memory of him facing someone on a loop show and during the king of gate tournament and it rocked like he is someone that like i think wakiyama with how wakiyama is and they're going to want to get some keys on that belt if for, for what we've talked about with shun skywalker i think that, that would be totally credible but yeah this was just like a fun opener like it did not have like the hot fighting to it that you would hope for an opener but i came away with this going like all right i had a great time this was a fun 11 minute match this was a good three-star opener
0: I'm sorry, I read that incorrectly. It was Casey at Kobe
2: Sambo Hall. My apologies, Mike. I, I, well, I, with my memory how it is these days, and with like my last few weeks, it I could have thought of things. So I'm glad to know that I was right. Thank you, Casey.
0: No, that was a, that was a fun not to go in the cage match rabbit hole 15 minutes into the show, but that was the show that was Yokosuka versus Yoshioka, Horaguchi yes. versus Yamato, Skywalker versus Shimizu. And the main event of that show was Sakamoto versus KZ. That is a fun show in hindsight.
2: Yeah, no, I can't wait for King of Gates season. I really hope they go back to block play this year just because of the possibilities we could have with that. Uh, Then we got into match two, unless you had any other thoughts towards uh, the opener. No, that's it. All right, match two, uh, Yamake Gun will finally get a name next week uh, versus Ultimo Dragon and Gamma with Yamato and Ben-K representing yama gun and Yamato getting the win over Gamma with the Chris Candido special version of the Frankensteiner of the Almighty.
0: Yeah, Yamato bugged me on these two shows. It was just a little too Weird goofy. Mood. I thought he overstayed his welcome in both matches, and I am deeply disturbed by this new Ben-K look. He looks like radioactive Yamato. I, he, he needs to grow out does. the facial hair,
2: and he just needs to change his look. It's not good. It, it, he needs to get the highlights back in his hair, you know? I, I, I liked it when he had it, like, grown out and slicked back a little bit. It was a little bit of Higuchi kind of hairstyle, like, that worked for him. But it, it's something where it is very much, like, I'm wondering if it's, like, oh, I'm just wearing what I have until we do our big debut in and for this unit. Like I'm hoping that's the case because everyone else in this and the of like Ben who's just as jacked as he's always been, but he just looks a little off. Like like that's it. And this match was just a complete just joke fest. Yamato got pants part way through and then worked the rest of the match bare ass and did a Frankenstein of the, of the Almighty while being pantsed, and it was just kind of there. Uh, Ultimo just kind of just. Uh, was there you know I mean it was I did get played my favorite game case which is who's going to take more bumps Ultimo or Gamma and who won that contest well Gamma had was in the match a lot more Ultimo trumps in these situations and you know what all the power to him for that
0: that's awesome I you know look if I was Ultimo Dragon I wouldn't be bumping in KBS Hall either but yeah to your point on Ben K I don't think it's the in-ring work that's suffering I don't think you were making that point either but in case people are wondering if he's fully recovered from the december injury i think we saw enough proof earlier on in the month that he's fine at this point there was just nothing for him to sink his teeth into on these shows and i am hoping for a dramatic rebrand come the first week of march because like i said that look is just not doing it for me right now
2: yeah and i mean went two and three quarters this was whatever it wasn't bad it just was like as soon as i like saw the kind of moody yamato was in i was like all right i know what this is going to be like <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and then we got a class of 2016 a battle with shun skywalker versus Hyo, two former mochizuki dojo originals and it was a dq finish as Kaido and shida interfered so shun skywalker got the win in eight minutes and two seconds and i was having a good time until like you know Kaido shida like this was a A match to set up a storyline, but I like the chemistry that Hio had. Hio had himself a strong weekend.
0: So were you at all concerned with the idea that the Open the Dreamgate champion is taking this much offense from a guy of Hio's stature? Now, there's the argument that you could make that, well, Hio's challenging for the Bravegate belt, he needs to get some offense in, and I think that's fair, but on the same token, we've kind of talked about how Skywalker has Really struggled to gain some traction as Dreamgate champion. I'm kind of interested to see where you fall into this equation.
2: I mean, I as soon as this match was made, I knew this was going to be an angle match. Yeah. So I wasn't. So 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 I was like, all right, what are you going to be doing in those minutes before you have the interference? And I think the most logical and the route they went is, okay, he's going to take some offense here because Shun. I mean, he's been in these positions basically since becoming champion. So. It's just like okay, he's right here for this, and it's just like an overall thing. With like, I I did have a comp. I was I'm gonna I was gonna lay it on you during the second the second the show, but I want to bring it up here, Masquerade. As much as I love the matches, and as much as I love the chemistry and the wrestlers involved, I mean, Jason Lee is one of my three most outstanding wrestlers in the world this year. Like I think that he's been superlative. This unit. Feels a lot like original Tri-Vanguard in a lot of ways.
0: Interesting. Tri-Vanguard's not the name I would have thrown at them. I think you hit the nail on the head when they debuted as kind of a millennials-type group where they're they're really big in the West. I mean, again, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. If I was booking a Gate Six-Man in America right now, I'm bringing any combination of Masquerade versus almost any combination of R.E.D. That's the match I want. What is it that is giving you the tribe vanguard vibes from them
2: well it's really the idea of you have Yamato who was the champion but Yamato is miles ahead of a mic worker than Shun Skywalker probably ever will be and then everyone else and his buddies because they lose basically every match if you've noticed this other than you know Shun in like a singles match or if it in the build-up towards final gate They've very much lost every match in 2021. And it's always Jason Lee taking the fall, which, you know, I think he he might be having one of the best ditch digger years of all time. But it's just one of those things that you, like, look at this unit and, like, how Tri Vanguard when it formed. Like, you had Yamato, you had his buddies, and his buddies were just kind of just there. And they didn't really, like, add a whole lot to it. Like, the one difference is you have a hot rookie like La Estrella. Like, that's the difference. You you, Masquerade has a hot rookie. Uh, Tri Vanguard had much better mic workers, but they both kind of had the same feeling to me.
0: I'll push back on that a little bit. I think everyone in a masquerade right now feels like they have a purpose, at least to me, because I think Minora and Lee are kind of playing the long game Lee, I'm hoping at some point is able to get revenge on all of the falls he's taken, but I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I like the work that he and Menorah are doing. They're an established tag team at this point that with a flash pin or two, I think could be right back in the Twin Gate scene. You have Estrella, who was just killing it on all these shows, and this was probably his tamest weekend yet. I didn't exactly leave this weekend prepared to rave about Estrella, but that doesn't mean he was bad. And then you've got Skywalker, who's the champion, who, again, I think has been a little bit underwhelming for all of the reasons that you predicted when this unit formed, where he's just not a strong talker. He's not a guy that can close out shows, and that is a huge issue in Drangate to the native fan base, even if it doesn't affect the Western viewpoint that much. So I see where you're coming from. I just don't think they're at that level yet.
2: It's something where... I could very well see this happening where they're just kind of just existing. Like, remember how Tribe Vanguard was after Yamato lost the title and they just were kind of coming out there going, hey, we're Tribe Vanguard. Like, I can see that happening. And maybe that's me forecasting a little bit.
0: It's one of my least favorite units of all time. I mean, Tribe Vanguard lasted from 2016 through the end of 2019. It was like a three and a half year run that... It was cool because you had the rise of KZ and then KZ split. The other notable part of Tribe Vanguard was that Kagatora uh UT Maria Triangle Gate team that they had, where they were just in a bunch of awesome work rate trios matches, but Yamato sucked in Tribe Vanguard. I thought Kai for the most part was bad in Tribe Vanguard. I love Flamita, but I I don't look back with Tri Vanguard Flamita memories as fondly as I do millennial Flamita memories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I don't think they're at that point yet, but I also just have a strong disdain for what Tribe Vanguard represented, a very dry face unit at points where the promotion really needed a face unit to rally around.
2: That's fair, that's fair. And then we got into the last non-tournament match on this first night. It was Yamake Gun of Dragon Kid and Okuda versus R.E.D. Kaido Ishida and S.B. Kento. And we talk about a unit that we, we see having issues Dragon Kid and, and Keisuke Akuda already have awesome chemistry. Like, these four guys somehow have chemistry with each other, which is great coming into this. And the finish of this match was a Hyo powder attack, which let uh, Keisuke akuda Not Keisuke akuda, uh, uh It was a powder attack on Keisuke Akuda that Ishida rolled him up here. And, you, you know, I like how all this... Like, storytelling-wise on these shows, everything made sense. It's just the match quality was very much kind of there. But... I love Yamake Gun. I think this unit really has some spice to it in ring.
0: I will counter your love of Kid and by shedding some love onto the R.E.D. duo in this match, Ishida and SBK. If there was ever, I think, an equivalent of what they could do, what they did with Tozawa and Hulk as a tag team, where it was just too ass-kicking, shit-talking heels that were just designed to go out there and win matches. I think SBK and Ishida would be the perfect team to do that with 10 years after you know Hulk and Tozawa ran through the Summer Adventure Tag League in 2011. I love this combination. I talked to some people this week who were saying that the native fans are having a really hard time buying Ishida as a credible Dreamgate challenger and that that is a match that is really going to be built off of match quality more than it is the story, which is a bummer, because I think Ishida is doing such awesome work right now as a character and as a wrestler. This was my favorite match of the night. No, I I, I actually, I take that back. This was my second favorite match of the night, but one worth going out of your way to watch if you want to check out these shows. I was at three and a half stars on this. Really, really fun, and I think going forward, now that we've seen kind of two and a half, three months of R.E.D. versus Masquerade, R.E.D. versus this new Dragon Kid, Akuda Benkei, Yamato unit is going to be the direction and right now I'm, I'm into that because I think these guys have really good chemistry with one another.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I was a little higher. I was three and three quarters on this. Like, this was my match of the weekend. I thought i because as you said because Ishida and sp kento are great and of course you got to have the hot fighting between okuda and Ishida partway through this and then there was a moment where okuda did the good night knee onto sp kento and just dropped him right before hyo ran interference i was just like all right we're going there we're doing this in kyoto let's go here but it's interesting that i I could see how the native fans having an issue with Ishida as a challenger being like how Ishida was for so long in his career. and he was really like starting to get over as like the kind of spunky babyface and maximum before he ended up being one of Ada's mask demons. So I could see how like there hasn't been like this. i I, I think there's also maybe a difference between like match styles and predilections towards that between the native and international fans, I would guess.
0: Yeah, I was surprised to hear it, because I really think Ishida is the total package right now, assuming that he's at least a decent talker, but the character work and the in-ring... I think it's top-notch right now. I am really, really into Ishida, and we'll talk about it more next week when we preview Gate. and I'll have an extensive preview specifically of that Skywalker versus Ishida match up at VoicesOfWrestling.com before those shows take place. I think Ishida's been booked really strong, but I don't think he's been booked strong enough. If you look at some of his matches the perhaps lack of singles matches and single matches single match wins since he lost the bravegate belt i think is a little bit concerning but i am completely sold on his work and i i'm just i'm really into him right now like i said i think he and spk have a tremendous amount of chemistry as partners and i would much rather see them in the twin gate division than any combination of hulk and kai or Yamato and whoever else. I would like to see the Twin Gate Division shift into their direction going forward.
2: Yeah, and I could see with uh, Shun retaining that could be the possible thing because, you know, they've kind of kept uh, Kakuta and SBK separate. And, I mean, there's so many members of RED at this time that there's an A team, a B team, and basically a C team. So I I could see that happening. And, of course, the finish was here with the powder attack, and then we finally set the Brave Gate match which we all figured this was going to go this way. It is Keisuke Okuda versus Hio in Osaka Edeon 2. And then we got to the tournament case.
0: Yeah, which was, I'm not going to say very fun, because I really did not like one of these matches. But the semifinal of the Open the Triangle Gate Championship number one contenders tournament, the first match was Hip Hop Kakuta, dia inferno and diamante defeating the masquerade trio of coach minora jason lee and la estrella mike this was my match of the weekend
2: yeah uh i was three and three quarters on this as well i just really dig the hot fight we got in the match before this but kakuda and and just had himself a day here and estrella and Akuta have great chemistry uh bringing up Inferno and this thing, like this was a match really to kind of get the Red goon squad looking good because he had, they had a lot of people that they could throw around. And again, Jason Lee, my uh, most outstanding wrestler of the year so far in Dragon Gate had an outstanding hot tag going to the finish. It just was an absolute blast of a semifinal match. And, you know, everyone just kind of showed out here.
0: Let me ask you, cause you are the expert when it comes to the Dragon Gate to AEW comparisons. Would you say, not in terms of in-ring style, obviously, but in terms of weekly output, that Lee is essentially playing the role of Phoenix right now in Dragon Gate?
2: Well, funny you mentioned that. My other, one of my other top three most outstanding wrestlers is Ray Phoenix. I, I so. assume so.
0: I think anyone that's tapped in at all right now has Phoenix in their top three. He's certainly, if not my number one, then there. I'm curious if, if Lee and Phoenix are in your top three, who's the third person?
2: Mace Ruga.
0: <laughs> ah, yes. And this is this is a topic I know a lot about. I've seen a lot of <laughs> Mace Ruga matches. Uh, but yeah, I think Lee kind of has that weekly output thing where I know no matter where he is on the card right now, especially like with Phoenix and AEW, I know if Phoenix is on the TV, I am completely locked into what they're doing it's the same thing with Lee right now. I think he's killing it. And like you mentioned when I threw it to you at the start of this match, this was a big weekend for Kakuta. I thought after taking a backseat to SBK, kind of once they both turned heel, this was his weekend of being like, oh, that's right. Hip-hop Kakuta, like this dude does not play. He is like bad boy Tito. Or what's that? Wow. God, what's the championship guy from Hollywood's name? Young Fuego? Was that it?
2: I, I I don't watch uh, Marquez produce. Uh, sure.
0: (laughs) That was such a, that was such a mean way of saying you don't want championship wrestling from Hollywood. I can't think of who the guy is that does not play. I think think it's
2: bad. I I think it's bad. Do Tito young fuego who does not play.
0: Thank you. Uh, i apologize. I've heard I, I apologize to Joe Lance. I listen to your TV reviews every week, and I did not remember that. But anyways, this was a big weekend for Kakuta. I thought he looked awesome here. The chemistry with Astrea is great. Like, those two just feed into what the other guy needs to do so well. And then the closing stretch with Jason Lee. It's just exactly
2: what I wanted from this match. Three and three quarters for me and my match of the weekend. And it's something where Kakuta... They have something with his finish, like the hand of God discus lariat. Always looks brutal, and Jason Lee taking it crumpled and looked great. It was just was exactly what I see. And hey, Dia Inferno f- kind of finding his way as uh, Dragon Dia has had surgery. I know that with shoulder surgeries have been happening a lot lately. It seems, and I don't expect to see Dia back any anytime soon. But it was nice to see. That, you know, Inferno, which it was a giant question mark, getting slotted in here. I've, I I like this challenger team.
0: We were told, what, six months or more for Dragon Dia? Yeah,
2: yeah, because it's a, cl- it, it's a very similar thing to... It's a different part of it, of the collarbone clavicle, than what UT got injured in 2019. It's a less strenuous one, but still one that's going to take uh, time to recoup. He did have surgery, so... He is on the road back. I mean, I know you didn't ask about Nuruki Doi. I still would be kind of surprised if we don't see Nuruki Doi sometime before Wakayama.
0: Yeah, I just hope we get Dia back for Kobe World.
2: Yeah, I I would put Kobe World as a as a likelihood. I don't, uh, dead or alive, would be pushing it. But end of July, I could see that happening. Yeah, and then we had and then we had the other tournament match so we had four teams and at the beginning of the show they did the draw and that led us with team Boku, Bokuramo Dragon, uh, Rayo Saito and Punch Somanaga versus an unaffiliated team uh I think it was called like what kan, uh, Kage Konmari was kind of the, the nickname they threw around with it but it was Kakatora, Yosuke Maria and Shuichi Kondo. Uh, Punch Tomonaga got the flash pin on to Yosuke Maria in 16 minutes and 36 seconds. And case, can I predict what your thoughts are on this match? Oh, please. Uh, Team Boku should say in the opener, you do not want to see them in a main event of this match, and especially winning on a flash pin here to go up against a hot trio. And the rest of it was kind of just there.
0: Mike, I woke up today in a bad mood because I was really afraid that we were going to get the Team Boku Triangle Gate Challenge in Osaka, and I I just can't put up with that shit. That's, that's exactly my take. This is not a main event act, and every bit of charm that Shimizu has doing this Ultimo character on the undercard is completely gone when he's doing it in main events, and Saito and Tamanaga at this point are not main event players. You throw this match in a main event with Shimizu, Tamanaga, and Doi, and I can at least start to buy it. But this trio is not a main event team. I did not like this match at all. It left a bad taste in my mouth leaving this show, and it made me feel anxious waking up this morning not knowing what the result was of the finals of this
2: tournament. And and it's kind of remarkable on a crowd in Kyoto. It's not always the hottest crowd, but they get into things. The crowd was, like, remarkably dead during this match. Yeah,
0: It was was kind of weird. I mean, it just... You know, it wasn't up to the working standard that a main event needs to be. It's disappointing that the semi-main did not close the show. I think that would have been an interesting position. We've seen Coach Minoru close Osaka Number 2 before. There's no reason that he can't close KBS Hall if that's the case. I just, I, I didn't like this at all. This was a really frustrating way to end the show.
1: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. off Again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
2: And that was it for the first part of, of the Kyoto. It's not really even double header, but two shows in three days. It'll be up on the network until the first. A show that happened today was the remainder of this. The reason why Case and I were very anxious today, it was earlier today. uh, I mentioned earlier attendance was 225. And, you know, match output-wise, not as strong as the one on the 21st. But, you know, nothing was outright bad. But it's just kind of one of those things that you're just like waiting, waiting. Okay, sigh of relief. It's going to be RED versus natural vibes. Yeah, we
0: can kind of go top down if you want here. We can start with the main event because that's the one thing of
2: consequence.
0: And I, I think to have a bit of a more nuanced perspective on the Team Boku team this time around, what really sticks out to me is that they are not credible against any sort of heel faction. I think if you wanted to do some gimmicky Triangle Gate match, it would have to be against a natural vibes trio they obviously hold the belts right now or a masquerade group or if they really wanted to get silly and do ultimo and bucultimo for the twin gate belts it has to be against another babyface team i do not buy them challenging heels in the slightest and that really hurt this match
2: yeah this is something where this trio could only actually i think they could only really be in three way or four ways to be honest for for a title Title and the thing about like this match for me, so uh, kakuda got the hand of God lariat on Cyrio to win the match. It had a it had a very low ceiling and it hit that ceiling. It was what I expect. I was like, you know what, that was fine. This was like the one match really on the weekend that had a lot of brawling, which worked for that. And then it just kind of when it got into the, the uh, closing stretch part, it was decent. But I mean, just it was one of those things that it's just like waiting for the finish okay sweet kakuta had a sweet lariat onto cyrio and the pin was on cyrio the most credible member of the team and then i was like okay we're done here
0: really good weekend from kakuta that is that is the one thing to take away from this match is that i thought kakuta in particular was really good
2: yeah uh i went three and a quarter i mean it's it's whatever i would uh, three and a quarter technically would make my watch list but it's a it barely makes it because it basically achieved what it's set to do and Kakuda looked good.
0: It's, it's a dry three and a quarter. I gave it three stars on the dot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, we've talked about this before. This is a bad three and a quarter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, the uh, Twain Gate and Brave Gate preview match with Misaki Mochizuki, Takashi Yoshida and Keisuke Okuda versus BB Hulk Kai and Hio. I like this match more. And I think that's mainly because I'm getting used to the buddy cop tag team, but I, Really kind of like the chemistry because you've really put over a Kakuta during this. I think Hio had himself two really strong performances. I think him and Akuta had great chemistry in the semi-main event.
0: Mike, I'm in lockstep agreement with you here. I am into the Hio stuff right now. I think that Akuta match at Champion Gate is going to be a ton of fun. It's probably not going to be clean. Finish is probably going to be a little bit murky, but I am into the Hyo stuff right now. And I think that's really important as we head into Champion Gate, knowing that unless disaster strikes, three out of those four title matches are going to deliver. I don't have any doubts about Ishida versus Skywalker from an in-ring perspective. I think Natural Vibes versus Diamante, Inferno, and Kakuta is going to be a lot of fun. And I now feel comfortable saying that Akuta versus Hyo look, maybe it doesn't touch the spreadsheet, but they are working with a man advantage in this match. It will take an actively bad match to have me feeling down about it. The real variable there is whether or not that Twin Gate match is going to deliver. And if Mochizuki and Yoshida work like they did here, Mike, we could be in, pr- in store for a pretty good weekend.
2: Yeah, and y- you know, I-, I think I've discovered what I'm okay about with the buddy cop tag. And that's when it's when it's Mochizuki a kind of directing traffic here. Like that's what's going to take in this Twin Gate match. I think it's be Mochizuki <laughs> yeah, directing thought? traffic. If, if
0: Masaki Mochizuki wrestles more, the
2: match is good. Right. Yeah. Just crazy idea. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. But yeah, the chemistry the chemistry is there between the two teams. It's just you have a very sleazy but fun champion team, and you have the best wrestler in the world over the age of fifty, and kind of his doofus protege who you know is. When I say he's hit and miss, that's me being very charitable there.
0: He does hit every two or three years, which I think counts for something. And I think he's due.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say he's the three true outcomes player here. He's the Adam Dunn of the roster. God, Takashi Yoshida really is the Adam Dunn of the roster when you think about it. What
0: a great comp. Let me put you on he's the spot. Donkey. He's the donkey. <laughs> Let me put you on the spot here. I don't know how much you've thought about this. I know we'll talk about it more next week. Snap Judgment. Hyo, is he winning the Open the Bravegate title?
2: No, Hyo isn't.
0: Okay, all right. I, I, the only reason I ask, he kind of reminds me of Berserk-era Kotoka
2: right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And, yeah. and
0: I, let me say, when Kotoka won that Bravegate belt, no one had money on him. That was a shock to us all.
2: Yeah, because that was that three-way match with Tanyan, and he went off of Tozawa, right? Yes,
0: yes, and that was not the result that I think anybody thought was going to take place. And I, at first, was very upset, and then that rain turned out to be a lot of fun.
2: And maybe this is my own bias here. I think Kyo is in a lot better place than the uh, Katoka was when Kotoko oh, was god, there. Oh, god, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So so yeah but yeah i want three and a half stars on this match this was a really fun trio's match like they kept it moving and masaki mochizuki got a, a flash pin there that the crowd popped for it, it was it over delivered here considering uh four and a half people in this match
0: all right complete agreement three and a half stars from me as well and a match that i think is worth watching from these two shows
2: that's right uh before we get into the pre-intermission match uh there was a change up here. Kota Minenora during pre, pre-show health checks tested high for a fever. I haven't heard anything yet. I assume that he has probably been tested. And if they haven't had a a report yet that he is positive, I'm assuming it's just kind of like what happened before Kobe World. But they had to pull that to make this a very rare handicap match. Four on three. R.E.D. versus Masquerade. Masquerade. The other three members. Shun Skywalker. Jason Leila. Shreya versus Ada uh, kaido Ishida, sB. Kento, and Kazuma Sakamoto, and Ishida got the pen with the uh, Tiger Suplex hold on Jason Lee in ten minutes and fifty five seconds
0: This kicked ass this was this was a lot of fun. This was my number two match of the weekend behind the other r e d versus masquerade <laughs> match i mean there, there's a trend there. these two teams work really well together, and I think even for a guy like Ata who you know i've obviously had my opinions about. Ato works really well in this environment. This RED A team, these work rate guys, pair up really, really well against Masquerade. And what jumped out to me here was, you know, I talked earlier about the idea that there are some credibility issues with Ashida. Well, this was a really smart match. The way that Ashida targeted the ankle of Skywalker here, I think is going to become a factor moving forward in Kobe, uh, not Kobe Samba Hall, but the Kobe show that they're running. I think we're going to see it flare up in Corrigan, and I think we're going to have built-in heat off of the Skywalker ankle injury going into their Champion Gate match. This was a really smart match to lay the groundwork for that upcoming title bout.
2: Yeah, so like the big like thing here was that when R.E.D. started to cheat, they focused distinctly on trying to completely take Shun Skywalker out of the game. So I think the... Uh, kobe tokiwa arena show at the end of this week and then the koriken show i i wonder if they're going to build on that i hope they do because that does provide a nice little morsel more for us to kind of bit bite into and then we got into the singles match on the show shuji kondo versus kakatora i in my head my mind canon for this is that is that shuji kondo's mad that they lost the match and they had this one this was i believe other than the uh yeah other than the main event this was the longest show on the card and one of the longest shows of the two shows the one of the longest matches in the two shows in Kyoto. Eventually Shuji Kondo put Kakatora down with the King Kong Lariat. And seeing what my response was to people in the voices of wrestling discourse, I think I am the low man on this match. Okay, so I want to know your thoughts first.
0: Mike, I never do this to you because you always ask me if I have anything else to say about a match. And the answer is always no. But I do Sorry. have. To, I, I have to back up for one second. It's not a serious point, but it's a point I want to make because it happened on both of these shows in it. I really made me take notice of it. Kaito Ishida's box attack is the best box attack there's been, maybe, in the history of Dragon Gate. He, instead of like, like Gamma's always had a shitty one because Gama's uh, kind of throws it like it's a Memphis chair shot. Like it just, mm-hmm. it, 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 he goes through the motions. It fundamentally, it's a strong, it's strong form. I know what he's doing and it registers with me. Kaito Ishida just throws that box, and it is vicious, and it is violent, and someone is eventually going to get busted open hard way, and I kind of look forward to that happening, because it really plays into the Ishida character. I just wanted to mention that, have you noticed quickly how awesome Kaito Ishida has been with the box attack?
2: Well, did you notice that on the first night they broke the lid and they had to get a second <laughs> yes, box lid?
0: exactly. Because they did-
2: 'Cause they had they had dorky pencil out there and it was Kazma who broke it and then and then Kaido Shia's like, Well, I got another one. Thwam, And it was loud. So it rocks. Yes. No, it's good. And it's something that I would say, maybe you, you want to like sharpen an edge and maybe catch some of Shun Skywalker's mask a little bit, you know?
0: I, I yeah, really it, I really think it's helping. It's because that is obviously such a stale idea at this point. It's something they've been doing again, for 20 years. But the way Ishida does it, I I just I get excited when he hits that, that attack now. As for the singles match, we did not talk about this beforehand. I think we're in the same boat because I have in my notes, why was this match not any good? Because I don't think they did anything <laughs> fundamentally wrong, but I was just sitting there going like, okay, at any point now, you guys can turn it up. At any point, you guys can choose to have a good match. And they just... they. They hit big moves, like Kakatora kicked out of some stuff that I couldn't believe, but it was the driest Gentleman's 3 I could imagine.
2: Okay, you're higher on this than I am. I'm two and a half stars. I thought this match went on forever. This, w- this was a 15-minute match of no substance. Kakatora did sell his ass off, but you can tell Tsuchikanda was like, well, I have to have this match today. Like, this might have been the worst Suji Kondo match since he returned to Dragon Gate. It, it just was... It, it was the antithesis was,
0: of everything he's done well since returning. This was how Show Kanda. Kondo. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and just kind of like we got through it, and I was like, all right. And, and, and like when I was watching this today, I watched it in bits and pieces, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get through this match, and I'll come back to the show later. And I was like, why is this still going on? Why is this match going 15 minutes? It just did not need to go this long, and it just was probably my least favorite match match on these these two shows i thought it was just it wasn't bad it's just not good not good strangely not good
0: i and i i don't know what it was but it just had no heat i don't because i mean these are two guys that have had effort issues throughout their career i don't even think they were dogging it you know i think kagatari worked hard kondo didn't actively detract from the match but, my God, this just never clicked and never got into another gear. It was an awkward, uncomfortable 15 minutes.
2: Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. And, you know, the first half of the show kind of just was ne- it, it going through the motions in a way. And it was kind of disappointing because the next match was two. It was, it was weird because we have two people who were in stables with people who are unaligned here. It was Susumu and Gamma versus Ultimo Dragon and Benkei which is the first thing was everyone was doing handsprings and Yamato spent two minutes like faking. He was going to do one. Was it two
0: minutes it. or two hours. Mike, that spot would not end.
2: And, and then the crux of the match was gamma giving a uh purple nurples. Here's, that was it. Here's the thing. I did not look at this card beforehand.
0: I did not Same. know what this match was going into it. And even though I woke up anxious this morning, fearing that Team Boku might win the, tri- the Triangle Gate number 1 contendership, I looked up at my computer during this entrance, and I thought, now is that Ultimo, or is that Bukaltimo? I'm just saying, perhaps the legend ate well over the holidays, and it is really starting to show. I kind of had to do a double take.
2: I- I'll say this. Do you follow Ultimo on Instagram?
0: Uh, no, because his two hobbies are smoking cigars and drinking wine, neither of
2: which I partake in. Well, the thing is is that he takes very stately photos, which just amused me because it's always him pondering (laughs) off in the distance. (laughs) And I love that. That's like my, that's the Lucha trope he's taking. Like he takes great Lucha style photos and- all, all over like the last month. It's like been him sitting down, staring off into the distance, and maybe it's something that like he maybe the reason why he's sitting down and not standing up is that you, you know I mean he's in his fifties. You know he's enjoying himself. He's a le- he's a living legend. He deserves it. But yeah, no, it's it was a uh, yeah. Th- this was a by the book match, and the one thing I kind of take away from this because it was like that uh, match kind of surprised, and I wanted to ask you this case because my memory isn't necessarily as good as it used to be seeing as someone who like picked out the exact venue of a king of gate match from two years ago and a brave gate challenge from five years ago. Have Susumu and Binke have a big match yet? Cause I don't think they have. That certainly doesn't sound familiar.
0: Let me do a quick search to see if they've had a singles match because if they did, it would have been in king of gate and that stuff can blend together at times. But that certainly seems like something that now that I think about it, you know, I don't really remember a ton of their interactions. So they would have wrestled King of Gate 2017 and Kobe Sambo Hall. They wrestled June of 2017 to a no contest at Hakata Star Lanes. I don't remember why that went to a no contest. And then, OK, here is their big singles match. November 26, 2017, Memorial Gate and Sendai. Oh, yeah. I have no memory of that.
2: Yeah, it just kind of was happening, you know? So, it's, it was something that, that kind of took me aback, and that was my biggest thought about this match. So, <laughs> the, unless you have anything else, the opener... Or let me ask you now, since we've had your, you, you, you threw me a curveball already. Do you have anything else to say <laughs> about this? No, no. It's literally, the first,
0: we've been doing this show, you and I on and off for like three or four years. It, the one time you didn't ask me if I had anything else to say about this match was the one time I had to go back and be like, actually, I did want to talk about Kaito <laughs> Machina's box attack.
2: You know what? It, it keeps me honest. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> The opener was Natural Vibes Team of KZ and Ginky Horiguchi versus Yamake Gun, the names of Yamake Gun, Yamato and Dragon Kid. Yamato got the pen on Ginky with a Flash Galleria in 9 minutes and 34 seconds, and what I thought was a pretty fun opener.
0: Yeah, it was really goofy at the start. It really had to win me over, but the good news is that it did, and I I don't know what this unit is going to be, this Dragon Kid Yamato unit. Obviously, there's the built-in chemistry with Okuda and Benkei. I'm sure we'll see them team up and go for the Twin Gate belts at some point. But what I would really like is to see, and I've been critical about Yamato in the tag division, but I would really like to see Yamato and Dragon Kid have a prolonged tag team run. Because that's something new. That's something we've never seen in really any incarnation, because I don't even feel like they spend a ton of time... Around each other in Junction Three, so that's no. a that's a new pairing that feels fresh and really feels like a true unit shuffle. So I hope we see more of that because again, this match took me a little bit to get into, but by the finish, I I really enjoyed their work as a team. So I hope we get to see more of that going forward.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, I'm sorry, I said Yamato earlier was doing that in the second match. I don't know why. I put Yamato in a mood with Ben K getting uh, purple nurples, getting his nipples twisted by Gamma. But it just was a very weird first three matches on the show. It just like really messed me up internally, K. Okay? So I just wanted to make sure I got that uh,
0: I was I was trying to do the math in my head of figuring out what match Yamato
2: was in. I'm glad you clarified. But hey, brother, we ended up on the same page. It's all good. It's all good, and... You know, that was it for these shows, they they will both be on the network until the 1st. We don't have a whole lot of stuff that is currently announced for the uh, Kobe Kobe Tokiwa Arena show. So, they this usually would be the Sambo Hall show. It's not a Sambo Hall show this this month because Sambo Hall was booked because of venues and everything like this right now in COVID. It, it's just a little bit more shaky. So, they're going to Tokawa Arena for their first time ever. We do have a the, the Royal Sambo is back, so we can see if Soccer makes it four in a row, and then we have a very interesting R.E.D. versus Yamake Gun eight-man tag team match case.
0: Yeah, you know, the, as for the, the Battle Royal, those have over-delivered every single time. They've been a lot of fun, and that eight-man tag... There's no reason that shouldn't be a spreadsheet match. It's Yamato, Dragon Kid, Benkei, and Akuda versus Ata, Ishida, Kakuta, and Inferno. That's a hot match. I mean, that's something fresh. That's something new. I am really looking forward to that.
2: So there's an added thing to this thing because over the last few weeks during the down period, Kaido Ishida has been training with K1 fighter Hiroki, and they've been doing like they did like an interview series like this, and. He is now clearly R.E.D. focused. And, of course, Keisuke Akuda former mixed martial artist himself, he has a friend that he brought out here. And I forget the guy's last name, but his first name is Tetsuya. I'm trying to pull up the graphics so I can remember this. It is His second is Tetsuya Owa in this eight-man tag. So, you know, getting some crossover thing. I mean, Dragon Gate has been doing some more crossover stuff this year than I expected. Like, they had KZ on a drama series, and there was something else that they had – uh, it was Natural Vibes and uh, Masquerade, where it's great if you follow Susumu on Twitter because all of his photos lately have been Takedo Kame and his giant parka smiling. And he was saying he was there in his giant parka smiling. So that, that's what we know for the show coming up on the 26th.
0: Yeah, on the Gate Network, and it's a free video, so it's on their YouTube channel as well, but they just uploaded a brief it's more so of a, a, a talking segment than it is sparring with Ashida and Hiroki, but there's still some fun stuff of those guys getting in the ring and rolling around for just a minute. And then as for Okuda's new second, this uh, Oya guy, if you look on his Twitter right now, at Tetsuya underscore box, there is a picture of him and Dragon Kid from it has to be the Toriumon days, on his twitter right now so this is a longtime fan this is cool i i am into uh dragon gate x k1 i like that combination
2: yeah no that's really kind of rad uh i'll be honest my j mma knowledge is not very high here i don't i never kept up with k1 i don't know my kickboxing that much but it's it's a cool thing and a nice little added thing we'll see if that actually has more people come out there but that's Really, all we know for this uh, Kobe Sambo Hall show, no cards have gone up yet. It will be on the 26th on the network. We'll be back next week talking about it. But Case, there was something new that came up on the network that we talked about this before, how much we're looking forward to it. So we're going to spend the last part of the show this week talking about the second Toriumon 2000 Project show from January 23rd, 2002.
0: Yeah, this is... I, you know, people make a really big deal, and rightfully so, out of the T2P debut show, because at that point, it was like, oh my god, nobody's ever seen anything like this before, and you rewatch that show, you know, 19 and a half years later, now that it's up on the Dragon Gate Network, and it still feels like a show that's really unique to its own. There's never been anything close to a second incarnation of T2P, but from a in-ring standpoint, top to bottom... I think the strongest T2P show is the one that was just uploaded to the Dragon Network, the January 23rd, 2002 uh, show that's on there. It's not a great show, but I do think it's the strongest that T2P ever put out, mainly because of the first match in the last match, which, which we could talk about, Mike, I don't know what direction you want to go in this. I don't know how you want to do this, but I, I at least want to let people know that that show is now on the Dragon Gate network for subscribers.
2: Yeah. So this is, and it's an hour and 15 minutes. They cut out everything else. There's no entrances. Like you can get through it with this cut and it's from their It's from the original master, which is the nice thing about the Drangate network is because they've had the same network the entire time, all the footage is out there. So it's, a lot better than the second and third generation DVDs from VHS's case that we saw. So I, I'm glad it,
0: you mentioned that. It really, I, I tried to post about it. I was going to use a GIF, but the, the GIF diluted the quality of the footage. It is unbelievable. If you've ever seen any of this T2P footage, it's worth going back and wa- watching on the network because you will not believe just how clear this footage is. It's shocking to me.
2: Yeah, like it's standard definition stuff, but it looks crystal clear. Like that's the thing. It's like you're I remember when they first started putting up the stuff from this and they put up my personal favorite match in Dragon System history, the of course, the absolute demente main event, Mascara contra Mascara, Dragon Kid versus Darkness Dragon, and it was the first time I was like I could see all the way to the back of the venue. And it's just like you could see things so crystal clear on these things. So, if you're looking for and you want to see the card you get into it, it is the T2P disembarkamento 2 from from cork and hall and yeah it's it's really kind of it's an interesting show because the thing that like it reminded me of when i was like watching it was how much comedy existed in t2p because there's a lot of kind of like yucks matches here but there's a lot of really strong stuff here
0: yeah so the two things for me and i'll kind of let you fill in the blanks but i want to talk about the opener which was shuji kondo against the man that later went by Yoon in all caps j-u-n the latter of whom is someone who I never really considered to have a good match once he entered his all-caps phase. Maybe, because he was Crazy Max, right?
2: Yes, he was the fifth member of Crazy Max.
0: Thank you. I doubted myself for a second, but I knew that sounded right. And he was someone who I think played a, you know the sixth man in a lot of really fun trios matches, but he was never someone that really jumped off the page. He has an 11-minute opener with Shuji Kondo here. That is a lot of fun. I think it gets the style of T two P over in a big way, where it's funky submissions, it's strikes, and there are some big moves towards the closing stretch. Just a lot of fun, a really good way to open up the show.
2: Yeah, and like the remarkable thing is is like this is Kondo in black tights and short black black tights and, and and feet and boots and Yoon Okigaochi is wearing all blue. And like he's trying to, in a little bit of a way, remind you a little bit of Akiyama in a way, but he's not even close to it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's something where like this might be the best match he's had. I've not gone back and watched him in Secret Base, to be honest. I like the concept of Secret Base, but that's that that is like the one bridge too far for me is watching a lot of Secret Base. So he is still wrestling. He retired for a while, then came back. He was a ring announcer for El Dorado, and he would dress up kind of like Captain Sparrow for it, but. Kondo just kind of just murdered the guy and he showed a bunch of fighting spirit and it was a really fun opener.
0: Kondo is a, it's just weird to think of him as a T2P student, but then you watch him in this match and it's the foundation of everything he's gone on to do for the last 20 years. And all of a sudden it makes sense. Like you're right. He wasn't out grappling Milano collection AT even into like his like 10th match of his career. It was still like Shuji Kondo's just going to throw you around.
2: I mean, he was doing all of his moves, like he was doing the Lanzarce, he was doing the original, he was doing King Kong Lariots, and he wanted the condo clutch, like it's basically baby condo and it rocks.
0: Yeah, it's really fun stuff. I, I just, I did not remember that match being what it was, and even though, you know, I've, I've seen the show a few times at this point, I, I really didn't remember that one, and so having that be as fun as it was, was a pleasant surprise watching this over the weekend.
2: Yeah, so that was the opener, and it was... Well, the one match on the card other than the main event that got a significant amount of time. The next match was Noriaki Kawabata versus Raimu Mishima, which, you know, this was just kind of, uh, Kawabata is someone that like existed and he retired. And for a while I got him confused with Manjamaru, but you know, he kind of had like a boxer gimmick and, and Mishima really until a uh, Florida brothers didn't have much of a gimmick whatsoever. It just was like a kind of a nice little six minute match. It was fine.
0: I watched this match, and immediately went to Kawabata's cage match. I was like, what happened to this dude? This was so much fun, and this is probably his peak as well. Just Well, he was body on. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, yeah, this was just <laughs> a fun little match number two on the card. I thought Kawabata was cool as hell here, being almost in the same role as what Yukio Sakaguchi does in DDT, but to a far less impressive extent. But still, he was the MMA guy in the world of Flyers, and it it worked out. This was an entertaining match.
2: Yeah, and it's just something like, that was the interesting thing about T2P. So we talked about Shuchi Kondo. He was always known as the power fighter of T2P. And then he had Kawabata here, who was just, he just was a bunch of fun with this, you know. And he's someone that retired and then didn't see a whole lot of... And then we got into the yucks of the show as match three, Taru defeats Kenya Oyanagi. In case, what'd you know about Kenya Oyanagi before watching this match? Like, or do you have any familiarization with him whatsoever?
0: Literally just everything that he did in T2P. And then I knew he became a Michinoku guy, but I don't think I ever saw him
2: in Michinoku. So he had a fair share of gimmicks throughout his career, he's still wrestling he's still a part of michinoku pro uh, his first gimmick was he was someone and this is something that is kind of forgotten for good reasons because it's a really bad gimmick he portrayed a world war ii soldier that was on a deserted island who did not know that the war was over yes that was his first gimmick yes of course of course and then his second gimmick, the gimmick he portrayed here against taru is that he's a cram school student who's trying to learn all the moves as he's doing it with like books and notes with this and it just was like all comedy and taru just having to go with this like taru was involved in t2p basically dealing with oyanagi the entire time and just being flustered by him
0: yeah it's a fun gimmick i wish it wasn't directly in opposition of taru and i think i would have enjoyed <laughs> it more had that not been the case but as it stands it was a 10 minute taru match which means it wasn't that good
2: yeah and then we had then we had jorge rivera better known to western audiences as Skyda in a exhibition match against Tarosita there was Tarosita before Mini Crazy Max and just promptly just tied this kid up in knots and then Ultimo came out and then he said he 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 said uh Jorge can you show all the holds that you will be seeing in the main event and he found another student i didn't recognize who it is and was doing like the AT lock the paradise lock the uh, uh, the Sol Naciente just showing everyone's hold so that everyone was aware of it and I thought that was really funny because Ultimo was cracking up as uh, Rivera was just tying this kid up into knots
0: I would like to know what Tarusito did to piss somebody off because this <laughs> felt like a punishment and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily mean spirited, and it wasn't bullying but it felt like a punishment
2: yeah and Tarusito there's two Tarusitos this is the original one he would retire basically right as Toru Monak started and there would be a second Tarosito Sito because that's what the world needs, is more Taro uh, mini-characters. And then we went into a handicap match. Taru Owashi, the loner of T2P, the villainous strongman against Sachioko Machine 1 and Sachioko Machine 2. Too
0: long, but Owashi at this point, the comedy was fresh. Obviously, he was so young into his career, so I don't, I don't hate this, but... It's a 10-minute Taru match, and then a Lucha exhibition, and then a 9-minute handicap comedy match. The middle of the show, for as fun as this show is, I could see people not necessarily being tolerant of the middle portion of this show.
2: Yeah, and the, the difference between this and the Taru match is that Owashi was playing, like, I have to deal with these two idiots here who don't want to wrestle me that started wrestling each other instead of wanting to wrestle me partway through. And, I mean, the crowd loves it, but you could tell, like, Awashi was like, oh, God, I have to deal with these chuckle fucks throughout this match. And it just was something that I could see how the no-fun people would not like this. To your point, though, it was over. It was, like, that's the thing. Like, T2P was always over, and nothing was as more over as the Lucha Libre Classica main event. Best two-out-of-three false six-man tag before any one of these people really had the the gimmicks that we'd most know them for one side was Masato Yoshino not Yoshino Yoshino as Sexy Tarzan Blondo Collection AT Stevie Brother Sumoto versus Anthony W. Mori Ryo Saito and Takayuki Yagi
0: I love this match so much this is probably my favorite independent T2P match where it's just the students and Saito who was the bridge I, this is everything that's special about their promotion. If you're gonna watch one thing from the t two p uploads, this is the match to watch more so than even the the debut show with Milano and Saito because there's just like nothing has ever looked like this match before. There's so many gimmicks, there's so many colors they're doing this in a six sided ring in a style that no one really did before or since to the effectiveness, to the degree that the T2P students did, and to the point that I made when we did our Greatest Wrestler Ever show with Alan Forrell, where we talked about all the Dragon System wrestlers that we were even considering voting for. That show was on the Pro Wrestling Torch website, VIP section. Two parts. Mike, Alan Forrell, and I went four hours talking about Dragon Gate. I mentioned in that show, Milano Collection AT. To me, he's undoubtedly one of the 100 Greatest Wrestlers Because he has performances where you think, oh my god, if this guy would have wrestled another 10 years, he would not only be in my top 100, he would be in my top 50 or my top 30 or my top 25. And this is a match where just uh, Milano's on top of the world. He is the coolest, most charismatic, most talented wrestler in this match. It is a Milano Collection AT Showcase if there's ever been one before. And that's just... Not even factoring in the fact that Yoshino's in this match, a young, fun brother Yashi's in this match, Mori and, and Yagi, who I thought was awesome in this. I didn't mm-hmm. remember Yagi being so much fun. I love this match. Go pause this pod- Well, I, We're almost done.
2: Listen to the podcast all the way through, and then go watch this match. And the thing that like, gets you about this is, so Jungle Boy does the, uh, the, the sexy Tarzan gimmick now, but does not even shine a light to Masato Yoshino just him doing the tarantula his version of the tarantula immediately hopping on the floor laying out a huge call and the crowd exploding for it like this guy it's such a shame how he has had to be on the sideline because of his neck this year so we didn't get to see some like homages to his past because the scream was one of the more over things I've seen in Cork and Hall
0: people I think because of the hype surrounding Milano at this time don't realize that Yoshino was even more protected than him, especially coming out of T2P. Once they assimilate into Toriumon full-time, you know, Milano's a star, but Yoshino's protected. Yoshino they're playing the long game with, and that's something that obviously came to fruition in 2005 when, after Milano leaves, Yoshino turns heel. And really, from that point, he's always been someone that's been protected, someone that really never takes falls, someone that wins all of the big title matches that he's in. And you can see the foundation here. This is very young into Yoshino's career. And at first, you know, I, I don't think anybody at this point thought, oh, four-time Open the Dream Gate champion in the figurehead face of this promotion, the number two promotion in Japan. But you could see world-class talent even here. It's a really special career and an important match in the early days of Masato Yoshino.
2: And you know what? Oh, we've put over Yagi, we've, uh, Ryo Saito as the cycling, as bicycling enthusiast we've talked about before. But let's give a little bit of love to... Uh CV brother Samoto, who is not the wink leak in this match. He had awesome moments in this as well. And Anthony W. Mori, who took most of the match, like selling his ass off. It just was a tremendous performance by all six men in this match. It is the match that when you really think about T2P, this is the match you should go for.
0: It's tremendous. I, I really love what this match represents. I love the talent involved, because I don't think there's a weak link in here. Even Shujimoto is fun and Yagi is fun. And Milano clicks JT is a world beater. He just dominates in ways that if you've never seen this match, you will be shocked
2: at just how dominant Milano looks. And, And I'll say this as like one more thing on Milano. There's a lot of haters of the Paradise Lock. And that's because Sonata does it in a very bad fashion and just uses it as like a gag. The Paradise Lock, when actually applied and you pull up on the feet like you're supposed to, is a brutal submission hold and when he tied up was it Saito early in the match we tied him in the ropes and just gave like one of the most brutal like flying kicks I've seen into him the paradise lock is good folks it's just the people who let it down
0: the paradise lock is good and Mike I've got to take for you this Sonata guy not not very good I have some issues with his work and the paradise lock is just the tip of the iceberg there
2: (laughs) i mean like ultimo he has a great instagram i'll give him that but you know he's just kind of he he it, 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 it's like when people do war games matches but don't understand how to do war games matches you know you do the paradise lock because you tie them up and all the focus is on the ankles and you pull up on the ankles and it destroys them and sonata never pulls up on the ankles
0: sonata was awesome in big japan and that is where i will leave this discussion
2: <laughs> that and was legit I think that, that was the
0: best that was the best run of his career he had like six weeks in big japan and had i think numerous four plus star matches and then showed up as an lij guy and it has been downhill ever since unrelated to any issues i have with lij sonata is his own problem please don't get mad at me super j uh cast discord
2: yeah yeah super j cast discord just don't never ask. just day. take a
0: deep breath guys just take a deep breath it'll all be okay <laughs>
2: but dude unless you have anything else let's get out of here we've already kind of previewed what we've known but uh anything else you want to hit on before we're out of here
0: no dragon gate will heat up starting next week so if you're behind catch up now because the end of february and the first week of march are going to be hectic
2: yes sir and that's going to do it for this week on open the voice gate you can follow the podcast account at open voice gate you can follow me at Fujihea, and you can follow case underscore in your case but for case i'm mike and we'll catch you next time as the cold season turns warm in dragon gate for 2021 take care everyone